To my beautiful children, Matthew, Michael Jr., and Lexi, thank you for allowing me to spend their inheritance to pursue my passion. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, my name's Matt Robinson. Across the table from, from Rob Christie, we said, what, like three weeks ago, things were back to normal, and, and then they weren't. But now they are again for a couple weeks. For What's couple, happening, man? <laughs> for a couple weeks. Ah, <laughs> uh, I had to turn you down. Man, you're just blathering in my ear, loud. Yeah, well, that's what I do. Yes. <laughs> Every I actually day. have this on mute Just right in now. Just blathering away every day, man. <laughs> okay, sorry. I thought you turned me down yep. normally. Yeah. I thought you were, you turned me down the last two weekends. <laughs> Found oh, a better okay. offer or something. Yeah. Like and, well, I did have better offers. Yeah. Um, I, have, I, had, I had offers. One better offer. Yeah, how about I had offers? That's what we had. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to thank uh, Lee and, uh, and Steve Bunda for uh, filling in the Mondays. I know yep. that's the... Uh, it's really the linchpin show sure. on this this beautiful mm-hmm. network we have. Big shoes um, to fill. For sure. For sure. And I and I want to shorts f- to fill. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of shorts to fill. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I'm gonna say filling it more the back than the front. <laughs> that happens, right? Um yeah, and I want to thank Lee for for that whole bit of audio that you guys had on Sanderson. Yeah, I think I, I think you know it's one of those things where you go, if not, but for the grace of God, go I right. <laughs> like that's something with a couple of beers in the green room that I could easily get talked into. But um, this was Jake Sanderson, yeah. top ten defenseman in the NHL currently. Yeah. So, anyways, great. It's it was reach. good audio. I, you know, I'm just saying, good yeah. audio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes in a conversation you get going in ways that you don't really anticipate. And hearing a bit of a speed wobble. And you're like, oh, I'm in one of those hospital wheelchairs. Doesn't go as well as I had fully anticipated. He didn't seem, he didn't seem to agree. I think he felt like he was front and smooth. So, I know, but uh, yeah. that's, that's what makes a good audio. For sure. That's what makes good. I was in fairly indignant, but, uh, Yeah. And it came across. Yeah. But again, yeah. One of, one of my buddies goes, hey, it's a bit of a feisty Monday show. Yeah. So uh, that's what, you know what, that's, uh, that's part of Lee's beauty. Yeah. Well, the for, only sure, part. for sure it is that he, he, he brings it for sure. He brings it and he's passionate. So thanks to both those guys for that. Uh, we're on social media at Tall Can Audio. Uh, make sure you're following along there. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. We got, man, we got a bunch of stuff we can talk about here. NHL camps up and going, Jay's coming down the stretch here, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but we start with beer. That's what we do. We start with the beers. What do you got going on over there? Beer. So before I crack the beer, and and I am fully anticipating. I'm going to crack mine. This is going to take a minute. <laughs> so I, I I had this dream this morning. You weren't in it. Oh. But you, you played a role in it. Oh, okay. I, I owned this old sort of Victorian era home. Mm-hmm. Like one of those jobbies with like three floors. Like the third floor is sort of this up in one of these like sort of... Got the slanted peaked, peaked roof. areas, yeah. yes, exactly. And so there's there's 
there's a, a leaf game blasting out. Like you're living in the third floor of oh, this sweet. home. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. And so, but the, the, like. Willie, Willie. Yeah. Well, so the, but the radio is blasting and I got some guys up there working and they're like, all that shit is just bothering me. Can you, can you get that guy to turn that down? I'm like, well, he's not even there. So I, I have to open Fuck. the. I'm trying to listen to the game. How about you keep your work noise down, you fuckers? As I said, you're not even there. <laughs> right, okay. And so it's it's sort of wintertime, and I open the door, and I get in, and you got all, it's recording shit is everywhere. Yeah, well, and, and that part's fair. There's this window. It's like a, like a window you would find in a cottage bathroom, and, okay. and it's wide open, and, there, and it's cold, and it's blowing in, so I'm like, oh, I got a fucking... Got to go over and close that, turn his shit, whatever he's got, blast in. Joe Bowen just. Yeah, exactly. Holy Mackinac. <laughs> um, anyways, as I lean over to close this old fucking window, <laughs> there's this huge spider web mm. and down comes this kick-ass black spider that's got to be the size of a dinner plate. Oof. And I'm like, oof, it's like right in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck Matt. Yep. What are you doing here? So you anyways, and your, you and your foot long spider. Yeah, well, honestly, big as a dinner plate, man. It was just like, it was all I could see, this big black spider. All right, well. So that should take you down the road here. What I'm drinking today is Black Widow. Okay. So this did have a point. Dry hopped IPA from, and it's from Dominion City, but it's a bit of a collaboration with uh, Third Moon Brewing and Blood Brothers out of Toronto. Ooh, I like them. So what you really Not need, that I don't like Dominion, but Yeah, no. But again, Dominion, you're on fucking you're on notice. It's a small can. Um but yeah. it comes it comes in at six. Yeah, I think I've had enough of that. Quit dicking me around yeah. with the You know what? I'll be my own liquor control board. <laughs> right. If I want to You don't it, tell me I've had ah, too much. You know, it's six point five, Rob. You should <laughs> simmer down. Um but yeah, it's it, it's got a shit ton of different hops. Like they went they listed it all and I'm like, okay. But the thing that's most interesting is they have a little bit of um, New, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc grape skins really? in the Whirlpool, right? Okay. So after the, the work is in and whatnot, they throw these skins into it. So it's supposed to be a tropical juice bomb. Bomb. That's what the man said to me, tropical juice bomb. Okay. So I know that's a long-winded story. But it's their ninth anniversary, a little bit of a collab. I don't know if sure they've done stuff before with these guys. Yeah. But uh, dry hopped IPA, Black Widow. So I'm going to give this a pull and we'll uh, we'll see what goes on. What do you got? So this is uh, circling back to, I guess, probably the last time you were in here. Maybe it was Labor Day weekend. Um, and I had just been over upon my return from cottage country to uh, to the Vimy Brewing Company. And they have a bunch of stuff that I'm always a fan of. Everybody knows I've said for quite a while that they make the best stout in the city. Um, love the red, love a bunch of different things they do, but this is their East coast pale ale. And so I'm having a hard time, honestly, pinning down everything that's going on here, but not a whole lot of overpowering, whatever. It's, it's kind of juicy, right? It's got a little bit of a, it's not obviously an IPA. They stopped short of calling that, calling it that it's just a, just a pale ale. Um, a little dry, maybe you'd call it. Other than that, not a whole lot standing out if I'm being honest, right? And okay. I, I like to be honest here, right? I, I've, I've praised them quite a bit for the stuff they do well. For sure. This is, this is fine, but it's not anything outstanding. It's not something that, uh, 
but I'll be back because for every that's six where I get my back stay. rubs, you get a little slap every once in a while. Sure, a little slap in the tush. Oh, see, no, no, not quite. Okay, that was more of a pinch, more of a pinch. <laughs> but this has got that. I was, I was smelling it when I first cracked it. It's, it has that really tropical fruit, juicy, yeah, f- aroma. Okay, and it's smooth, uh, and it's it said with a really smooth finish, and, and a lot of people say that. Yeah. Um, they, they said on the, um, the reviews, it was restrained bitterness, which makes you sound like a douche. And we've talked about that term a bunch of times. Restrained? Restrained bitterness, right? Okay. Lots of beers calling it, it, and it doesn't really it, apply to this show very well, well right? It's the, the, up, the bitterness it's just the over front bitterness. Just overflowing with bitterness. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a hard knock life we live yeah, here yeah. with the sports teams we follow. 100%. But, but this is, now it's in a small can, so we will be breaking earlier. I don't know what you, so you better drink that because this will I be. I got you covered. This will be done earlier rather than later, but. See, and I almost went with a big quart bottle. So I'm glad, you see, we need to coordinate better. <laughs> One of us cannot be doing a quart while the other is, well, is doing the 355. Seeing the quart bottle is good because you can pee in it when you're done without ever it's leaving. It's really not as big of a factor for all of us. <laughs> well, that's a throwback <laughs> to the earlier days. I just sometimes piss in a pint glass while. Yeah. Have I shared that with you? <laughs> the maybe, experience or, or the story <laughs> or maybe that was more more pandemic era from home right i'd be just sitting in the kitchen nobody home and i'm like ah the bathroom's a long way from where i'm recording from my kitchen table it's so never gonna, gonna be gonna closer pissing that pint glass and uh, the sends have a new ownership the jays are 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 fascinating as they always are nhl camps are open we're gonna get to all of this stuff but i want to start here and i want to give you a moment to ponder this question if you can think of anything off the top of your head as maybe the most thoughtless gift you've ever received, not that you've ever given because you oh, wouldn't even give that a second. I'm an excellent gift giver. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, anybody who knows me yeah. would agree. I'd like you to ponder maybe the most thoughtless gift you've ever received because I, I have an example of this here and I'll start with my own before the story that I want to talk about. And it's, it's nothing major, but I do remember in 2000, right around Christmas time, uh, a bunch of us got together and you drew names, right? 20 bucks you spend on a gift rather than everybody buying gifts for everybody. It was whatever they call it, a secret Santa or yep. whatever. But it wasn't one of those ones where like you buy a generic gift. You drew a name and you're supposed to go and buy something for that person. You're supposed to give a little thought to this gift. And this is in the very meat, the very heart of Matt's I'm a punk phase, right? I, I'm, I'm legit. I'm hardcore. He's not at all, but, and the gift I received was on compact disc, much dance 2000. <laughs> and I remember looking at the person and going like, what are you thinking? Like, this isn't even close. Like anything would have even like, remember, I don't even know what version it would have been then. Like now, now five, now six, at least that was a little more rock. It still wasn't going to be my va- much dance. No, that's not. Yeah, no, that's. It had like Venga Boys. For the longest time, like for way, way, way too long. We're talking maybe till like 2013. The goal song for the Oshawa Generals was that song you were just giving us there. Because it had some horns in it, right? Like as opposed to actually having to have a goal horn. Have you come up with anything? You got a thoughtless gift? Anything you're willing to say on the air here? Well, see, in the Venga Boys, first of all, 
Oh, we're going to talk about the Vanderbilt. Don't stop me. Don't stop me, man, because we're going to roll here. That probably had the Baja men on there too. I can only imagine who let, who the, let dogs the dogs in. out. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. But being in Europe and being on a bus with a bunch of different teams and and you have the Spanish there, the Italians are on there, uh, there's a French national team. They're loving the Venga boys. <laughs> like, and they're clapping. And then, and then you had the Americans, the Canadians, I think the Brits were on there, who were all looking like, this stinks. This is disgusting. I hate this. But the Latin-based countries are like, woo, Venga boys. <laughs> yeah, they just couldn't get enough of it. Right. And if you ever needed a more, you know, visual understanding of the difference between your sort of Anglo-Saxon-based countries and your Latin-based countries, it was on that bus. I think this also had a dance remix of Steal My Sunshine by Len, oh. which was the original wasn't bad enough. <laughs> I like I the original. dance remix. Now, I understand Len is not that song. I've never heard another Len song. Apparently, it's kind of like, I don't really know, but apparently they're normally like a fair bit heavier, right? Yeah. Like they, anyway, I don't know anything about Len. But that's all I know is yeah. that song. is Steal My Song. And I like it. Right. Right? You sort of you hear it and it's got, uh, it's got good summer vibes to it. Sure. It kind of feels good, but, yeah, you know. Um, a thoughtless gift, Rob. Does a picture of somebody else count? Somebody's giving me a picture of themselves. Of themselves? Depends. And I, and I don't mean a high school girlfriend. Yeah. This is like, like if I had given you a gift of myself <laughs> for Christmas last year. Again? Scratch that, that off. That one with the beret? I love that one, Matt. Um, I actually keep that on the fridge at home. <laughs> Matt with a jaunty yellow beret. It's really looking to be more on the bedroom dresser than uh, than on the fridge. But Well, kind of has that Donkey Kong feel. <laughs> <laughs> it would, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's one I would say. You're like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, you beat it. I don't care about this. Okay. So this is not somebody you're in a relationship no. with. This is not, okay. Just, just a here's relative. me. Yeah. A relative. Okay. No, don't do that. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't know what you think. How do you expect that to be received? And what is you, like, how are you hoping that lands? <laughs> As a joke? A gag? A joke. Are you joking me? <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. I don't know, man. It's a giving a gift. It, it, if you can't give something that's from the heart or you think that's going to land well, don't do it. Last week, the Detroit Tigers are visiting the Oakland Athletics. This is Miguel Cabrera's final season. And we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Mariano Rivera retires, Derek Jeter, and he goes around and it's every team gives you a little gift and it's... You know, when they come to the Jays, it's normally like, here's some shitty Muskoka chair or whatever, right? But at least it's somewhat regional or, or something. Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers roll into Oakland and uh, the Oakland Athletics doing really well. They give uh, them the franchise. <laughs> they give them Oakland Alameda County here's Stadium. A bunch of debt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's all our liabilities. Here's this cavernous hole. They gave him hope. <laughs> Rolled over. Okay, we need to carry on. Somehow I'm going to be blamed for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the generous hole. This is what my dentist usually says to me. <laughs> so, Miguel Cabrera rolls into Oakland. They present him a $90 bottle of wine. Oh, you know what? 
Yeah, okay. And so there's there's a number of things you think here, right? Like a bottle of wine, like $90 for the average Joe if you're going to a dinner party or whatever. It's fine. There's, it, But it's fine. not a top end. But it's, it's better than the $14 bottle or whatever, right? Like it's it's... The big, but this is from a supposedly major league sporting organization. So that's strike one. Strike two, Miguel Cabrera is a recovering alcoholic. Oh. So thoughtless gift, I think, (laughs) applies here. (laughs) You'd like to think if you were going to give Miggy a bottle of wine, it might be a little nicer, especially in Oakland. Like, I don't know what's right in Oakland, but you're not far from wine country, right? Like it, it, they're yeah. right there in California. Yeah, you should yeah. have been able to get him something nice, but maybe you just pass on the alcohol you entirely. Roll, roll past the vintages here and said, I'm just going to grab something. Just pretty thoughtless, man. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. 2010, well, uh, an outpatient program. He entered himself into, he'd been struggling a bit and by all accounts has been fine ever since, but yeah, here's the Oakland A's with a bottle of temptation right there. Smash it up the side of your head. <laughs> like he's christening a new yacht <laughs> you know what i was thinking while you were talking about that uh i had a fairly large wedding there was about 110 people mm-hmm. it's not the biggest but it's That's i had somebody i've had to use i had but somebody it's nice yeah it's functional <laughs> um i had, we'll all have a good I time. had somebody give me as a gift a 10 dollar m&m gift card To M&M meat shops. Yes. That's the worst gift I've ever, (laughs) it's a pretty fucking thoughtless (laughs) gift, man. It just came to me as you were talking about this $90 bottle of wine. I'm like. That was it? That was the whole gift? That was it. That's a terrible fucking wedding gift. It's like it's in your fucking wallet and you're like. (laughs) A lot of weddings, they have like that area or that table where you go leave your envelope or your whatever. Digging through his wallet. I think I got eight bucks left on this beer store gift card. Yeah. It's got a receipt t- attached to it going on. So what? $7.37. What's worse? That it's only for $10 or that it's for M&M meat shops? Uh, just give me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you get a $5. Can I even get a box of those weenie wraps? No. <laughs> no, you can't. The little sausage guys right. that come in the square. Yeah. I love those. Of I course. Take those. Yeah. Give me those. I don't want to have to go for but it. But it's 10. Like they're. They're probably eleven ninety nine at M and M shop. You know what? I can't remember the last time I was in an M and M shop. But yeah, ten dollars as a wedding gift. <laughs> and I didn't get married in the fifties. No, it's just one of those things. Where you're and like, like you said, just don't give me a gift. Like we're okay here. Times are tight. Whatever's going on. But oh, and to, the thing is, I, I think I've told you about attending a bachelor party where people were passing around an envelope for the the groom to be to spend. And when it got to me, there was change in it. Yeah. Like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening right okay. now? So, so two things. The person who gave it to me is a millionaire. <laughs> okay. So then moving away from that, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, which he's not, yeah. um, is we, we have retirements, weddings, baby showers at work all the time. Right. And you get the envelope coming around. So you around. passed on the $10. <laughs> yeah. But you get, you get coins in it. Okay. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like 37 cents. That's your contribution to somebody's retirement gift. You've known this person for 25 years. Is it, and in it, like in an instance like that, where you're passing around the envelope, no one knows if you can't afford to put something in, right? Like that's totally right. understandable. You when know, it it's get, anonymous. Right. So if you can't do it, 
okay, no problem. Nobody's going to know it was you that couldn't throw in. But when it gets to the recipient and there's someone goes, someone in this office determined I was worth 37 cents. That's, that's worse. Like give nothing. Of course it is. <laughs> so I'm, we're in, we're in the States at a tournament and we're at, we're at a, it, now it was called a steakhouse. Okay. It was a Wendy's. Ah, closer to a Ponderosa, but like. Oh, I miss me some Ponderosa. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't be hating on the Ponderosa. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the last one in existence was in Belleville. Belleville. Yeah. Of course <laughs> it was, man. Of course well, it was. Well, I was in uh, college down there, yeah. It, um, so we're, we're in the States, but it's like a, this is a C-grade steakhouse. It's not a, <laughs> but anyways, the guy, so we're all Canadian, but the guy I'm at the table with gets up and he throws down the tip. 87 cents. Fuck you. Canadian. Fuck you. Three Canadian quarters, a dime and two pennies. <laughs> and he goes and he leaves. That are of no use in the United so States. So I scoop it up. I leave my tip. I leave his tip. And I get on the bus and I throw the fucking 87 cents <laughs> at him. Like, you cheap fuck. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, they could exchange it. And I'm like. <laughs> Brutal. And get 50 cents American. Right. And you're going to go and exchange that? That is. So I got, I got zero time for that. Right. I'm not the best tipper. I'm a middle of the road kind sure. of tipper. Yeah. But that is just. Here's coins from another country. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're like. Wow. Psh. And not even like. Not even enough of them to make it worth your trip to the. At all. Get an exchange. Like your, your bill probably deserved a $15 tip. Right. And you leave 87 cents Canadian. <laughs> it's pretty brutal, man. So there's, there's all kinds of people out there who just. Uh, last weekend, I know you and I, big, big CIS, big OUA football fans, never miss a, never miss a down, but this made some news. I wanted to, I wanted to get the reaction mainly because I want to make it a button at some point here on the podcast, Queens university versus university of Western Ontario last weekend. And Western has been cleaning the clocks of Queens for a while as they have for most teams, right? Western is a top program. This is the fourth quarter, less than a minute to go. Queens with a two-point lead. Western with the ball. Let me give you the Queens radio call of what happened. Hillick draws back the pass. He's airing it out. It's going to be long. No! No! Touchdown, Western. Savon Magnet-Jones. 31-27. Just the sulk, right? No! No! Whatever. Touchdown. Fuck them. <laughs> Fucking. You talk about homerism, man. Where do you stand on that call? This is a guy who cares about his team. Yeah. It To me, you are the Queen's radio call. You're not. I'm. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think in this day and age, it is one of those things where you're not doing a national broadcast. You are speaking directly and likely only to Queens University, to Queens Golden Gales fans. (laughs) So this is a guy who lives and dies with it. He may want to shed that if he hopes to continue on. This is probably the most attention he's ever got was probably over the last week. This was making its way around on uh, a fairly prominent, you know, uh, I was going to call it like broadcasting website. It's called awful announcing, right? And it's just whoever, (laughs) 
I know what you're thinking, but it it's anything noteworthy like this that makes the air. And this guy's got some attention. Three Down Nation was giving him some love, and he's out there embracing it. Like, yeah, that's me, man. Like, that's how I feel about our team. And and now we have the ability to to just keep this. No, no, for whenever it's necessary here on the on the podcast. So shout out to to Gales. Shout Radio. out to the Golden Gales. Yeah. Well, and. And they've been good again recently, Queens. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, and again, I haven't really followed it. No, but they are a very good Ontario division team, right? But Western's just been cleaning their clocks here for a bit. And so here you are, last minute, two points up on Western with a chance to do it. <laughs> Thought you had it in the bag and one completed pass. I, I'm sure we don't have to tell the good listener what happened. <laughs> they, well, they managed to get in and take the lead, win the game. It's like any, that's how, um, you know. Red Blacks fans have been feeling for forever here yeah. in, in terms of how this goes last minute play and you feel like that guy feels. I don't know if you watched the game Friday, the Red Blacks game. Uh, uh, not a minute. I watched uh, all of it that happened after the Blue Jays game ended. <laughs> so uh, most of the fourth quarter, Red Blacks up big and yet with a minute to go, they're finding a way to almost piss it away, uh, you know. They give up a touchdown and a two-pointer and allows Saskatchewan to get close again. We're not going to talk too much CFL here, but I do want to take this opportunity to tee up the fact that on Tuesday morning, Matt Conisvito will be here from TSN 1200. And he's been uh, hosting a lot of the pregame, halftime show, postgame shows. Uh, he's got a bit of a, a thumb on what's happened around the Red Blacks. So that'll be one of the things we talked to, uh, to Matty Kay about. And uh, on Thursday morning, Dan Schulman will be here. Finally got that uh, organized. We've been talking about it for a while. He's involved with a beer down at the uh, Left Field Brewing Company, so we're going to talk about that. We'll obviously talk some Blue Jays. We'll talk some Canadian basketball. It'll be good to uh, to catch up with Dan as well. Look, you haven't been in for a couple of weeks. Camps are open. The Sens are, uh, are playing the Leafs, or at least a reasonable proximity of both uh, as we sit here right now. Uh, the Blue Jays up and running. What's on your mind first, man? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? Oh, yeah. Camps, camps. I'm so fired up for the start of hockey. Yeah. To me, to me, that is, is really where, cause the Blue Jays are like, uh, they're in a high speed wobble. They're in a, they're like a wet fart. They sort of, this is going to be good. No. You go down to the trop on Friday. Well, whatever. We'll get into Yeah, we game. certainly yeah, will. We'll we we'll certainly will. Um, yeah, I, I am. It's, it's, it is, I think the city here is cautiously optimistic and, and maybe I'm projecting, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. Um, when you open camp, um, and you have your second line center in a yellow Jersey in a non-contact Jersey, mm-hmm. and you don't have your third line center mm-hmm. under contract, and you go, this does sound optimistic. Yeah. That's, this is the cautious part. <laughs> this is the cautious part, right? Um, it's just, yeah. Josh Norris coming off of uh, a shoulder, a second or third second shoulder. Uh, this is, he's, he's had, shoulder two, he's had two. Issue. This is, yeah. Um, and, and if there was a game next week, he'd play according to Dorian, right? Like we're, yeah. it's just, it's a tweak. It's not an injury. See, and how many times anybody who's listened to this, this podcast for any length of time, Dorian just needs to say less, yep. less, Way like less. even that quote you're, you're referencing, he's like, 
he's good. Game next week, he would play, and, you know, just a tweak, period. Yeah. Nope. He's like, uh, you know, the more I heard about it, it gets complicated. And you're like, everybody who's hanging on those words just goes, right. ah, like, what complicated, complicated is not. And yet it's also cryptic, like, you won't tell you what it is. It's clearly the shoulder again, but yeah, he just makes it worse. He does make it worse, right? And so just say less, man. Yeah. And I say it all the time, right? I, I'm never going to be the guy that's going to flame you for, for not talking because to me, you, you bring a gas can wherever you go, right? <laughs> Whatever you're talking about, if you, you, you know, you either, he's worried about, he's just, he's one of those people that he's so worried about incriminating himself in some way. I'm going to say something like it's the greatest day of my life trading Mark Stone or the rebuild is over or like he's so concerned that he's going to get into one of those things where he's trapped again. We're a team. But he seems to just fumble. So anyways. Yes. PD. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Let somebody else do the talking. Uh, On Friday, we saw Michael Andlauer do some talking. At, uh, at his introductory press conference there, he is now officially the owner of the team. We've all known since June and that, that this was the guy, but a lot of I's to dot, T's to cross. Uh, he sort of alluded during his press conference on Friday that one of the things that took so long is the number of partners he had brought into this consortium. And we got to background check all of them, right? We got to go through everything. And so this has been a very long road to get here. And I'm just curious, did you listen to the press conference? Did you watch the highlights later? Was there anything that he was saying that stood out to you? And you know, what is your, as you said, cautious optimism heading into the season, how much of that is tied to a new stable owner, knowing that he's probably not going to have a ton of impact in the tangible product right away, but there's probably some comfort in knowing that this is now in a good place, right? Like we're, we're solid here. hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I listened to the whole, the whole thing on Friday. Um, and it, it's, it's really the first time I've heard him speak. Um, and up until that point, I've, I've heard everything about anybody who's ever worked for him from, you know, the, the AHL, the OHL, even the odd random trucking person. And you're like, there's nothing but effusive praise for the man and and really for his ability to support his employees and and empower. And I, and I think anytime you can have things said, like anything that the workforce needs to, to, to do, to, to, to have, to support, to improve, to be, um, he kept saying best in business, best in class. Yeah. Um, I, I, that I'm so hungry to hear that kind of a thing, right? Ottawa fans, that's, that's, that's gold, right? Um, it almost brought a tear to my eye to hear him announce serial leader back as, back as president. Like long time president CEO of the Sens dismissed under the previous regime on their 25th anniversary, <laughs> a guy who was an original, an OG member of the club yeah. on your 25th, who is nobody is more dialed in to this local business 
community than serial leader. Right. Right? Like So that there's a wrong that is immediately immediately righted. And then and you look at that and go, see that's that's understanding, right? They hire their first full time analytics person. Yep. Right? Sean Tierney. They continue to flesh out, you know, whether it be you know, hockey ops or it, it just continues to grow. You make anything, read anything at all into Alfie sitting in the front row right in front of him or? Yeah. Well, he was there with alumni, right? He yeah. was there with, with Chris Neal. Yeah. But I, I think the days of, you know, when they're going to start to flesh some of that stuff out probably wasn't Friday. No. But that guy is going to be part of the, part of the organization. It looks like it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so. Um, I'll tell you what I took away from it. Even before he started answering questions in French was the number of times he'd already mentioned Gatineau, perhaps more in one press conference than has been mentioned by the organization in the last 10 years. Ottawa Gatineau. It's time to reach across the... If you are going to build up your season ticket base, if you're going to turn... If you're going to make some money in this market, it's a crucial part of it, right? There's hundreds of thousands of people over there that are low hanging fruit. You can pluck that away from the haves and and make them feel like they matter. And he being someone who's already fluently speaks French was able to speak to them, was able to answer questions in French about that part of it. But even before any of that happened, he constantly kept mentioning Gatineau as part of the market. And I don't remember the last time I would have heard anyone at that podium mention them quite as much. So even that, like just, it's a small thing, but it's not a small thing, right? If you want to bring in the bigger part of the market and, and make this more sustainable, have more people engaged in your, your product, pretty good start. Well, and, and there's so much about that. Um, it is one of the French media asked in French, you know, if he had a plan to sort of win over Habs fans in the Gatineau region. And I guess the periphery to that question was also, you know, Leaf fans in, in the greater Ottawa area. <laughs> But it, clearly mostly addressing that sort of long-held hab fandom across the river, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I, I, we we can only do it two tickets sold at a time, right? You just got to get on the ground and you you just sort of, you get in the community. You spend time in the Gatineau community, right? And right. so to me, it is one of those things as somebody like myself who was a Wings fan when I moved back to Ottawa and I stayed a Wings fan, but... My fandom sort of, my wings fandom eroded as I sort of became more and more invested in the local team mm-hmm. of, of the community where I am inundated with info about it, right? You can't go anywhere as a sports fan without becoming, and, and, and wing stuff was not as, you know, in the, in the mid nineties, wasn't as, as, as readily available, right? Yeah. So it is one of those things where blackouts and everything <laughs> are, are sort of, for Habs, Habs fans, but Habs fans are, they're wafflers. They're <laughs> wafflers to begin with. And so I think most of them in the area, and, and let's not be, he talked about, he bought a house in Westboro. Mm-hmm. So not, not far sort of from where the, the new arena is hopefully going to, hopefully going to be. But let's also remember that the East end of this city is, 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 is largely, mm, has a large yeah, francophone 100%. component. Right. And a centralized arena, which is what he talked about. He didn't shy away from it, whether it be NCC owned land, read LeBreton into that, or the Mark Sutcliffe, mayor of Ottawa's talk of 
vacant government buildings downtown, right? Sort of bringing something right into the core. Yeah. Um, Being closer to this. Closer to not only to Gatineau and right across the bridge, but also easier for those, those fans in the East end who have to make a track for a seven o'clock game. They got to haul their cookies all the way across town, right? The other thing I thought was interesting on this subject as it pertains to the new arena, and he was asked about that a couple of times, he pumped the brakes hard and said at least five years, maybe 10. Yeah. He, I expect to still be at Canadian well, Tire. this is so. a guy who throughout it had said, um, even before he was named, when they were talking about names and stuff, and he's like, I'm a hockey first guy. Yeah. Um, I have real estate development people in my group, right? Hello, Mel Holtras and, and, and whatnot. Sure. Um, but I'm a hockey guy first and, and I, I think this arena can continue to be viable for. I, I, man, I absolutely understand why Sens fans want a new arena. Who wouldn't? But this arena isn't old, old yet. The no. re- I think the reason for so badly wanting the new arena is wanting the new location. Yes, 100%. Yeah, the arena itself is still fine. We're talking about, what, 96? 25 years, 26? Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I meant that it opened, yeah, 96 or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah 96 so, through 96. Yeah, so like it's not new, it's not state of the art, but it's not what Detroit was dealing with when they moved, when Edmonton was dealing with when they moved, right? Like Joe Lewis was shit in in the early nineties. Right. So there's time here and I get it. The frustration of the location, all of that sort of thing. And it's all fair, but the arena itself is fine. And so he's got to get in. He's got other things to build up to improve the hockey team, all these sorts of things. And the arena, it'll take its time and work itself out. It's not going to be, I think he made it pretty clear at least five years. Well, and worth noting, Cyril Leader was the guy who was spearheading the yeah. celebration, lever, rendezvous Le Breton, mm-hmm. right? That was, that was his baby. That was his, his dream. So the very fact that Cyril Leader is back and all that that brings. I, so we were talking with John Barrett earlier. Yeah. Member of the Senator's alumni at, at my 50th last summer. We were talking about whatever, and and so Eugene Melnick was still alive then, and yep. still and still um, owning the team. Maybe um, it was within a month or two, anyway. Yeah, um, in either direction. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> he was saying he's like it's a no brainer at that time. Like we're talking fifteen months ago, the the fact that you don't have serial leader here when season tickets are through the floor. Yeah. Right that you need someone to get out into the business community and you have the guy who knows the hockey side and the, and the community the best and you don't have him involved. It's ridiculous. So to me, there was so many, there was so much hope and optimism that comes from this. He couldn't have, that press conference couldn't have gone much better, right? The way he presented himself, what he was all about the vibes coming out of it, that the questions that he answered, the way he was able to do it fluently in French, uh, couldn't hit many more positive notes, I don't think, coming out of that. And, and Sens fans, I think, why wouldn't they be optimistic at this point, right? That uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And I don't, I'm not expecting ownership to be an issue here for, for quite a while now, but because um, Sens fans were already optimistic about this season. Yeah. Now you plunk this guy down and he hits a home run in that press conference. Yeah, you're you're off and running, right? Well, you can't you can't go anywhere without hearing 
Commissioner Gary Batman <laughs> talk about how the brightest days, the brightest days of the Senators franchise are ahead. Yeah. And so now he's a spin doctor extraordinaire. As we played off the top there, well, it's fun to hear uh, Ann Lauer suggest that, yeah, sorry kids, I've spent your, your inheritance on, uh, on owning this. And he actually kind of alluded to a couple times, like, it's a spicy meatball here. This is a pricey investment I've just paid, right? And, and at first, I kind of wondered if Gary would cringe at that. I think Gary'd like that. Yeah, no, well, this is an elite club. It costs you money to be a part of it, right? We are we are the creme de la creme. If we're getting nine fifty for the Ottawa Senators, just wait till well, the, our next expansion or whatever yeah. we might want to do. Because not only that, and and the expansion talk is, and and we can talk about that at another time. But man, this talk of expansion, slow, pump the brakes on that. <laughs> um, it was the idea that he still had to sell his 10% of the Habs. Yeah. And you got to know if the Sens are going for almost a billion. Yeah. That's got to be nothing but good for Montreal's. Sure. You know, if you're going to sell your 10%, you got to be going around going, two bill, two and a half. What are we, what are we at here? Where? What's my 10% yeah. of the Habs now worth, right? From what it would have been when he bought in. Because I know Jeff Molson at the time was looking for investors because mm-hmm. it's getting pricey. It was dicey at the time, right? So all those things, all those things coupled with, you know, the franchise, you know, arrow up on the, on the, on the talent side, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's good times. And, and, you know, this talk of season tickets being up 300%. Now, if you're at 3,000, sure. seems uh, <laughs> like it's a sort of, again, you talk about low-hanging fruit. That seems to be, but I, I think there's going to be, we'll see. I know Maddie Lang doesn't see the uh, <laughs> see the upside of this, but uh, this is a team that will absolutely support support this hockey team if it's, if it's not being run by buffoons. Oh. If it's not being run by buffoons. Well, I did a, a quick hit pod there on Friday after the news had gone official and I wondered out loud if the timing of this sale had, at least for the moment, saved Pierre and, and DJ's jobs, right? He got the, the whatever you call it, the, in June, it's going to be you, but it's not done yet. It's not official, right? He, he had won the bid, he, all these things. He can't really do anything yet. And even if he could, it was right before the draft. You're not firing your GM right before the draft and free agency, all these sorts of things. And now it becomes official as camps are already open. You're going to fire your head coach two days into training camp. You're going to fire your GM two days in. No, probably not. So the timing of all this, I don't know what Ann Lauer wants to do. I think Pierre is safe for a while, it's rare, not unheard of, but rare that you would fire your GM in season. But if DJ gets off to even like two and five, that might be it. Like they may not wait long. It, it, I, I think the timing of the sale has sort of saved everyone's job, but maybe not for long because it has to work this year. It has to go. Yeah, I, I think, I think this crew has through Sweden. I think you're talking mid-November. I think they're five of six at home to start the year. They're like 14 of, or yeah, and 15 of first 20 at yeah, home. Before, yeah, before Sweden, they're 14. Okay. But like, there's only one road game in the first. He has to get it going fast. 
he I don't think he'll be given any rope if it looks like it's slipping away even two, three weeks into this. Well, and we've seen one coach fire or one team fire a coach uh, before camp even started. Yeah. <laughs> what a Yeah. What an idiot. Um the thing is Give me your phone. Yeah. You're not getting my phone. <laughs> Zero chance. <laughs> um for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, if you get it, you'll get it in a sock upside the head. <laughs> Me swinging it on the other end. Wham! Um, it, yeah, it, I don't want to know what else is in that sock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to hit the sock. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's, uh, I don't know why you would fire your coach now as opposed to doing it in June and not having somebody start. Like, you are in a must win and you're going to you're going to jump horses, change horses like 10 games in. Well, in June you weren't able to squeeze the new owner wasn't able to tell the GM we're not doing that again. Now he is able to do that. And I'm not saying he's going to do it before the season starts. I'm saying there will be no patience yeah. if this looks even moderately slow to start. I I get I get everything you're saying and you're not wrong. I just I wonder who has the hottest seat because if you look at short of the Pinto signing. It's both of those two. Yeah. Short of the Pinto signing, right? You have you have let Pierre do everything that mm-hmm. there is to do. Sanderson is extended. All yep. those sorts of things. Um, You have those ready-made, those names that we keep hearing about, right? The Steve Steos, the mm-hmm. Matthew Darsh, mm-hmm. right? Front and office guys, yeah. Front office guys. Well, and Darsh is an assistant GM in Tampa. And it was actually Sean Simpson on Twitter who... Who said, yeah, Darsh is an assistant GM. He's not coming on a lateral move. Not allowed to. Right. You can only move on a promotion. So you you do all that. Ken Holland said in Edmonton, where Steos currently works, I haven't talked to him in a month or so. He's dealing with some family stuff. And that may be true. I don't want to speculate on that. But it also may just be that, you know, he's been one of Ann Lauer's guys for quite a while. He's not on the website anymore. I I think there's talk that he's no longer listed anywhere on the Edmonton after Jeff Jackson came in. Sure. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And and at this point, you're like, if you're going to make the change, to me, the easiest, most seamless change at this point is the GM. It's just rare to do in, in season. Well, and the thing is, if you look at, and then he's probably going to come in and fire his coach. Like, well, okay. And the thing is, you have and and you listen to DJ talk. I I I don't know DJ. I just you know you listen to him speak. I like the guy. He has he on and between he Davis Payne and Jack Capuano, the assistants, yeah. have not put in a good structure, right? So no. you now have allowed that that same trio. To return. Mm-hmm. And so, and run a training camp. Yep. And get set for this must, must start in a great way kind of a season. And you you are entrusting the same people who have not shown great system play. Now, they, they can talk about talent. Mm-hmm. And I got time for that. But you don't have, there's no, there's no room left for your defense to not look like they know where they're going, to not know how to to box out or take away the front of the net. Like these things are, there's no room for that, but you have brought back the same three coaches who have shown to me an inability to coach up. Right. Coach up people. Like you can, 
Christ, we've seen expansion teams. Look at what Barry Trotz for years did with less than market value talent. Well, or even Dave Haxtell out in Seattle. Like that team did not look, and it's a tough comparison. When we said, when we talked about Vegas and their, their, their expansion draft, nobody said they were going to be good and they turned out to be good. So you can put that on the coaching too, if you want to. But even when we looked at Seattle, you looked at, you went, that's not even as good as what Vegas got. And yet in year two, Dave Hack still gets them into the playoffs, right? So best five on five team in, in the NHL. So, you know, coaching matters. It can make a difference. I, I, it can't win you a championship, but it can help dig you out of a basement and we're going to have to see DJ do that. And, and so far I'm not. Right. And so that to me is, is you now are, you now have sort of. Got enough talent here. You say? You've got enough talent. Oh, sorry. They said not enough talent. No, he has enough talent here now that it needs to stop looking like these starts. Well, and, and you have talent and, and if, if you can coach that in a cohesive way, there's no reason that you can't say to the guy, hey man, stick here. Hey man, go to this spot. Yeah. Hey man, look here when this is happening. Like. Check over that shoulder. Well, this, this <laughs> See the guy driving hey, right up the There's middle. no need for you to be in the corner. All right. Right. Good call. Like as that right defenseman, <laughs> there's no need for you to be over there and, right. and, and leaving the front of the net open, which seemed to happen over and over. Like missed assignments just at this point. And he's, he's alluded to it. He's like, hey, there's no more young guys here anymore. You will be, other guys will get playing time if you don't play right. And so that is, he now has that carrot. If you can't do that, if you can't pick up that assignment, you will not, your minutes will be. Right. Will be garnished. So last thing on the sends here before we go get another No man, this is a fucking full send show. That's what we're doing. I'm fired up. (laughs) Did you make anything of Timmy Stutzler's comments last week? about how important it is to take less and our guys all took less than 9 million and other teams up the highway all make more than 10. Uh, did, what did, what did uh, you read into that? See, this isn't tied to the Debrinka talk, is it? No. Well, I, I, I don't know. So me, no, I, I am completely unaware of those. Oh, okay. Of, of so those, those this comments. is, yeah, this, he did say to, um, late August when they did that European, Yep. And then he, talked, he touched on it again with 32 thoughts and then. Yeah, was, this was with 32 thoughts. And he said, you know, if you don't want to be here, then power to you. And it came off worse. Good luck to you. Yeah. It came off worse than it was, I think. I yeah. think he said, like, we liked him. We we yeah. were happy to have him on the team. But if he doesn't want to be here, then yeah, I'll see ya. Don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. So he's, uh, he, he had some comments this past week about. All of our guys took less. All of our guys took under nine million, and that will give us a better chance to win. And he kind of alluded to up the highway. It's you, less fun if you're not having heard it. To me, it's sort of a this is a guy who's come out and had a ninety point season, and if his contract had been up this summer, would not be making eight point two five or whatever yeah. it is. I don't want to hear we took less yeah. When you're coming off a 60-point season and signed your $8 million contract. Is that a Brendan Shanahan comment? Well, we all took less in Detroit. Come on, man. Yeah, that didn't sway anybody in Toronto. Well, and, so. and not only that, there was no salary cap. and Nobody took all fucking that shit. less, Brendan. Yeah, no. Shut up. And so that's sort of where I'm at with Stutzla is, yep. shut up. I told you, you took what you could get, and yep. now 
it looks better. The cap's going up. You've had a 90 point season, but do not come in here talking like yeah. you voluntarily, t- you took what you could get at the time. And, and now it, it is still like this Ottawa top six looks good with Brady and Josh Norris. If he stays healthy and, yep. and Drake bath and the numbers that those guys, if they all have these career years all the time, if that's their new norm, these are killer contracts. Yeah. But, Tim Stutzla doesn't get to say to anybody, I voluntarily took less. Yeah. You took what you could get on well, a 60 point season. And so I, I did see where he said, you know, cause somebody asked him about and it's the 10 million or yeah. right. That, that he could have. So if that's in the same conversation, yeah. I certainly didn't hear any sort of alluding, um, or saying up the highway, but cause it seems very sort of collo- on the nose. colloquial for, yeah. for, a, for a, for a German guy to show up here and go, you know, up the highway. Right. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you when he said, Hey, eight point two, eight point three, that's an, that's a lot of money. That's enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, and it is. It's all those things, but you can't tell me, yeah, that if you're negotiating now, now that you aren't saying the cap's going up next year, that you're going I'm nine five. At least uh, yeah. At least as a yeah. as a center yep. who who can put up ninety plus points. Yep. That's he didn't that's over less. that's over ten. Like you're not as right. a, as a number one center making, you know, ninety points. Guess what? He didn't take less. He got less based on what he had accomplished thus far. Right, but he also comes across as a guy who doesn't seem bitter about that. I agree with that, and he's a fairly confident young man. Right, well, and, <laughs> and I think he also understands that at twenty seven or twenty eight, whatever he's going to be, yeah, he gets to do this again. Rolling out of that, that he's that he's still going to have. 10 years sure. of earning that, yep. that the potential is still there for oodles of cash. But yeah, there's no way you can look at it and go, ah, uh, I probably left 14 million bucks <laughs> on the table somewhere, right? Like that's real cash. Yeah. That's real money. So, um, he is, you can tell when you listen to him that he sort of, he sort of prays at the altar of Brady, right? There's a lot of, of, of mimicking of, sure. of, of message and, and whatnot. And I've said to you forever. I right? haven't heard Brady say anything quite that dumb. I... Well, you gotta, you always have to account for the language. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. But, um, no, in terms of, of, you know, the one day at a time, like if you listen to the message, the message is very consistent yeah. between the two of them. And, and I've said it before, right? If you, everybody should find a woman who looks at you like, Timmy Stutzla looks at Brady Kachuk, right? <laughs> we should all be that fortunate. Um, but yeah, to me that he's a guy who, yeah, he just, it, it doesn't hurt to, it's like Brad Marchand. Well, and remember when Brad Marchand was, was, was firing up Marner there saying, yeah, don't take a penny yeah, less. Yeah, of course. Don't take a penny less, man. And somebody's saying, yeah, you fucker. You and wish, all this stuff. You wish you took more money too, but you just missed it by a year. Right. And like endear yourself to the modern market, any or the modern the the local market, modern girl. <laughs> sure, if you can throw an elbow at the thing that everybody here hates the most, while you're yeah. talking about how much you yeah. love it here, do it. I yeah. I get that, but it, we don't have to pretend it's a legitimate yeah. fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Wait. so last thing on this then scale of one to ten, your confidence level that he is now like expectation should be ninety points again this year. I'm a solid eight. Okay. Yeah. I'm a solid eight on that guy. Like, yeah. I I think he's only getting better. Yeah. Um, the way he skates, the way he loves to hold on a puck. I just think, and as the guys around him get better, 
Like, if you look at, I don't know what's going to happen, whether whether Giroux stays there, whether Tarasenko goes up there, whatever happens, right? There's guys, Brady is not the fleetest skater, but there are guys who go to the spots. I just think that the talent around him mm-hmm. is so much better that I certainly see him as, as a 90-point guy. Let's go get a beer. You bet. You bet. <laughs> All right, we're back in and and you've brought some beers. I want to get into that, but first I want to I want to want to give you a little book recommendation, little literature corner here on the podcast cuz we're <laughs> knowledgeable fucks, right? <laughs> yes, we love, are. Love a good book. Uh this one called Freedom to Win by Ethan Shiner. This is all about basically from World War II through 1998 in Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic hockey. And it is told through the lens of the Czech hockey team, right? While they're being occupied by the Soviets and the times that they would meet up in international play and just keep finding a way to lose. And, and there are moments, right? There are highs that the, the Czech people are solidly behind this hockey team because it's the only way they can fight back legally against the Soviets. There are tanks in your backyard and yet we're going to go to the Olympics. We're going to go to world championships. We're going to go to, uh, whatever we're going to. And this is the only place where we have the freedom to beat these people, right? It's it was a fantastic read that I took down, uh, on the dock over the summer. And there's a solid amount of history there, political history, but again, told through the lens of this hockey team and, and a name you hear quite a bit in the book is Holik, the father and grandfather of Bobby Holik, uh, both key characters here. And, and just, uh, if you're into history at all, um, and again, large swaths of hockey history tied into it, but, but a hockey history, we don't hear a ton about, right. And at that time, uh, from that, that era, I think you'd enjoy it, man. Uh, freedom to win by Ethan Shiner. And I think, uh, I think he's going to be on the podcast here in the next couple of weeks as well. I've reached out to the author and he's interested in coming on to talk. So that'll be fun, man. Well, and for those of you who, who don't know, right. If you look at the history, the seventies Czechoslovakia in through the early eighties, they were powerhouse yes. teams. Yeah. Like showing up at, at worlds and finishing second or bronze medalist. Like they were powerful. Like that, the, the Czechoslovakia hockey program before the splintering. Yeah was, was a dominant program. Like, and if we didn't send our best, we were likely losing to Czechoslovakia. 100%, right? And the, there's the Holik brothers you're talking about. There's other guys. And this goes from basically 1947 when the Soviets move in and, you know, you think you're free from the Nazis, but oh, look, here comes these yeah. fucking guys now moving in too. Well, the Iron Curtain falls. Right. And so this goes all the way up to, and, and it's not a spoiler because it's history. We all know where we're at. But the book, the final chapter kind of ends at the 1998 Olympics. Whereas Canadians, we all think about losing to Hasek in the yeah. shootout in the semifinal. Bobby Fuck that Bobby Holik. There is Bobby Holik not on that team because he has had to free himself. He's become an American citizen, not eligible to play for the Czechs in 98. Huh. But Hasek on that team, as Canadians, we look at losing to them in that semifinal. Well, then this was a bust. Fuck this. For the Czechs, they move on. They play Russia in the gold medal game. And finally beat them, right, to become Olympic champions. And and what a huge moment that was after 50 years of, you know, our, their history being tangled 
with the Russians. Well, and that Man, really interesting. And that was the that was the, the Czech golden era, right? They 100%. Won, in that in that same two year time span, they won men's Olympic gold, men's world juniors, mm-hmm. men's and, world and men, men's worlds. Yep. So it was absolutely this this golden era of of Czech hockey, but. Uh, Freedom to Win by Ethan Shiner. We'll put the uh, link if you want to check it out in the show notes. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So if that's your scene, uh, give it a give it a look. Well, sports and history. How can you really really go wrong? Right. Okay. You, you got beer here, man. So I, I forgot also at the top of the show to give a shout out to a good friend of the show, listener LSG. Mm-hmm. He provided that pint. Okay. So uh, Stevie, you're the best. Big thank you. Yep. So this is. Um, for any of those of you in Eastern Ontario, you know, the fall fairs, Richmond, Carp, oh, Metcalf, all these things, right? It's, <laughs> it's absolute staples. The Lindsay Fair going on this weekend. Okay, see, well, it's Carp Fair this weekend, right? And so <laughs> with, a, with a 15-year-old in the house, Carp Fair was a must-go Friday night. Right. So um, what is in Carp? Ridge Rock Brewing. So we had to, we had to pick her up, her and a couple of friends at, at 11 o'clock. Fair shutting down, mm-hmm. so I thought, okay, you know what, we'll just wander down. We'll uh, we'll grab belly a couple, up to the grab bar, a couple seats at Ridge Rock. I'd never been in, right? Um, cool place, cool place. Sort of in this elevated, right in the corner. It's it used to be a bank, it used to be a garage, just a bunch of stuff, and they turned <laughs> it into the brewery. So I had a couple of their Irish stouts when I was out there. Gorgeous, yeah, really good. Uh, to me, I've always been sort of hit and miss. On, on the Ridge Rock stuff, I knew you and Michaela, both Michaela probably more than you, but yep. um, have a real affinity. fan. Yeah, affinity for it. So um, I wandered in and so tried a couple of things. Had some deep fried pickles. I'm a, I'm a well, I got to tell you, fan. just before you go any further with the, the, one of the things that attracted me to Ridge Rock early on was like the very early days They're of the pandemic. Drinks. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could order their beers, but we weren't yet doing... LCBO delivery on Instacart or Uber Eats or whatever, right? You couldn't get everything you want. And so they would send you like these giant like crowlers of a mixed drink. You tell them how many shots you wanted in it and they'd send it out with the beers. And you're like, fucking right. Like, I, this- I would just ask for the shots of, of Coke. Can I just have all rum and just right. give me three shots of Just Coke. send me these giant cans of rum and Coke <laughs> that you then go and remember we were having over fence backyard visits with people yeah, of and course. stuff like that. So. Shout out to Ridge Rock for taking one-stop shop, man. That was uh, good for everything. Beer and mixed beverages. Yep. So um, something on the menu grabbed my, caught my eye, and I thought, that seems interesting. This is practice what you peach milkshake IPA. <laughs> okay. So this comes in at a beefy 6.9 nice. to, to follow up the 6.5. Nice, I you just, might say. I just took down. Um Oh, see, look at that. Um, a disappointing crack. Yeah, it's okay. It comes with, uh, they're using, an, oh, I don't know, whatever the lot number from HBC is, the the Hops Brewing Company. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be this brand of hops has a, has a fuzzy peach candied kind of, kind of finish. And they've put lactose in it to give it a bit of that yeah. creamy milkshake sort of feel. Getting a little of that. So practice what you peach milkshake IPA. Your first take is? Super, super peachy. Okay. Over the top, not over the top, like in a bad way, but like that is the first. That's the first smell. 
Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And when I had that disappointing crack, it started to spill out a little. So I, I didn't have a choice. Had to, had to dive right in there. Right. For, that is very peachy. It is very peachy. And you know what? It, it, it's, you have a bit of the, you have a, the beer backing, but it's almost like somebody did put some of those fuzzy peaches <laughs> in your beer. Yeah. I, that is a bit what I'm getting now. I'm drinking it out of the can. So I, I, I don't know whether, you know, the lactose is coming through in the, if we were to sure. look at it in a can, but in a bottle slash glass slash whatever <laughs> vessel you're drinking out of. Um, but super peachy. I would get that. Now I'm not sure I'm going to love this halfway through, but right off the top, it's novel. It's interesting. And that's exactly how I think we would describe the first day or so of Leafs training camp. William Nylander at center. It's novel. It's interesting. Not sure I'm going to love this halfway through, but but we'll we'll give it a shot. What do you make of that though? Uh, I give it that they're not sold on on their strength up the middle, and nor should they be. Uh, I initially thought in that first presser when they mentioned it that it meant Tavares would move to the wing with him. Me too. And instead it means, no, we're going to try all three up the middle and push David Camp down to fourth line center, which I like better other than the fact that you're paying somebody $2.4 million to play fourth line center. But I, I, I've said a couple times on the pod, man, and I don't, I know you sometimes miss the ones where it's just me, but I've come on and said a few times. Well, those are actually my second favorite. Right. The ones... Behind uh, me, Rob, one hundred percent, man. Never miss a Rob episode. No, I actually go in and re-listen to it the next day. Sure. Go, Fuck, that's lucid. I'm so smart. <laughs> God, these people are lucky to have me. I, I don't hate giving it a look in camp, right? But I've said a few times on these shows where it's just me that this puzzle doesn't fit to me. All the pieces that they have, there's some good pieces but I don't understand how they're all going to fit together. That was before Nylander at center. And I'm not sold that that's going to last, but if you have David camp at fourth line center with Ryan Reeves, you can't do with David camp what you want to do with David camp, which is bury him in his own zone for defensive zone face-offs and other teams, top lines, whatever Ryan Reeves can't do that. If David camp is at third line center, you've now got basically two lines that can't score because a camp line isn't an offensive line and I guess Holmberg, Reeves, and whatever else you're going to do at fourth line, that shit ain't going to score either. So I didn't like how this was coming together. And I guess in theory, a Matthews, Nylander, Tavares up the middle, threesome, pushes camp back to fourth. You still haven't gotten over the Reeves problem, but it lines you up a little nicer up the middle. But I'm still not sold that this is going to last long term. I think defensively two out of those three lines are not ones you're going to want to play in your own end. The Tavares and, and Nylander lines. Domi, not a defensive guy. I don't Bertuzzi, know. not a defensive guy. Matthew Nyes is pretty young. Are you ready to depend on him defensively? Like it, it, fucking Nick Robertson? Yeah, interesting camp for him, but again, not a defensive zone guy. So I just, I don't know how this is all going to shake loose. I don't think it's a disaster. I don't think it's a catastrophe, but I, I just look at some of these pieces and I don't yet see what we're going for here. Seeing as, is the, is the baseline of this that they're looking at, they want Nylander to transport the, the puck. Is that not what they're I guess for? so. Yeah. And a, a good setup guy, a good, uh, can score, can pass. Like I, I, I guess that's what we're doing. Right. And, and is better than people think. 
at coming back into his own zone with a nice stick lift. And like, he's not a shot blocking machine. He's not coming back to battle along the boards, but better than people think defensively, but maybe not quite good enough defensively to be a number two center on a team that expects to contend, right? I'm not sure what it is we're looking to see happen here if it isn't Nylander with Tavares on the wing. Is it a given that Tavares plays a center? No, I don't think it is. I, I think you're seeing right now a possible, um, you know, backup plan. If, so are you feeling comfortable? You talk about paying Camp 2. 2.4, 2.4 to be, how do you feel about paying 11 for Tavares to be your third line center? Yeah, well, and that's going to be it, right? Like your labels, how do you want, like some people are saying Willie's the third line center. I guess it depends how you want to. What defeats uh, the purpose of saying he's going to be our second line center? Well, they haven't said that. That's just me saying I would have. Well, I thought that's what Keith said too. I thought I. I don't remember him putting labels on who would be. No, most two, coaches. Three. Most coaches no. don't. But I think when they talk about. Yeah, I, I guess depending on who the wingers are going to be. Yeah. Like, who would that? So if you have. So it looks like Tavares with Nyes and Sam Lafferty. That is not a viable number two, like second line for a contender. That's not a. No. But is is Domi Nylander? Nylander? Well, Bertuzzi looks like going to play with Matthews and Marner. Okay. Uh, so you're looking at probably Yarncroak with oh, Nylander. Oh, Cali, Cali. My boy Cali, Cali. There's at Cali. least a little defensive conscious there, or conscience there. I I, I don't know, man. I, it's To me, I don't hate looking at Nylander through training camp because you always know you can plunk him back on the right side and he's going to be fine if it doesn't work when, when the season starts. So instead of just dropping him in there out of nowhere like they've done in the past because somebody's hurt or because something isn't working, um, I think here, at least you give it a shot, you give it a look for a couple preseason games and see if there's anything there. But I, I'm far from sold. It's going to work. And, and I just want to bury quickly this, this shitty conspiracy theory that putting him in the center where maybe he'll look bad lowers his contract demands. Okay, that's dumb. It is super fucking dumb because you're just as likely to have happen. Oh shit. It turns out he can do it. And now he's a 40 goal, 80 point yeah. center instead well, of winger. And the reality is this is a, this is a franchise that is not in a position to fuck like, around as, as, as even if you thought that that insanity was a possibility it's out there yeah okay but that's yeah you hear that about sanderson or what, yeah where he signed See if like, we can lower well, his value exactly we were gonna put him in a spot we're trying to, to win or not and you're like, <laughs> no like and and toronto where it is in its competitive cycle they are not in a position to have anything but the best yeah that william nylander has to offer like, right this isn't a franchise who can go, yeah, well, whatever, right? We'll just see We're what happens. Dick and, around, yeah. Yeah, no. The, the, these guys are pedaled to the floor, yeah. kind of. And so Nylander was drafted as a center, yeah. played the Marlies as a center. It's worth a look. I'm just not anywhere near convinced it's going to work. So I was really interested, and I was reading an article before coming over um, about the idea of Austin Matthews taking more time on the penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, did you read that? Did you yeah. have it? I was fascinated. It was first of all, I, as a as a non leaf fan, <laughs> but as somebody who is who is sort of it's 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 constant, right? Sure. The leaf the leaf media, <laughs> but that yeah, Matthews is a more than capable two way center, mm-hmm. right? As a two time Rocket Richard Trophy winner, he is he is good in his own end. Yep. I was kind of blown away to see the stat that. 
since his arrival in the league, he is fourth in block shots mm-hmm. and fifth in league takeaways. Yep. So, like, the first thing I went, okay, Matthews in the penalty kill. Like, McDavid killed some penalties. Sure. Marchand and Bergeron killed penalties. Like, the idea of having... Even in Toronto, Marner kills penalties. Right. Yeah. And so the idea that you would have a, an elite offensive player play on that side, it's not it's not crazy. But then I'm like, is he going to be blocking shots? Clearly, he's already blocking shots. And I was surprised to see he's played 24 minutes on the PK in his career in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Like, that seems like a, a crazy low number for a for a guy, but I don't know why you wouldn't do this or why it's taken this long to make this move. I think there's a certain amount of, I think it was 2018, 2019. I think it was still under Babcock that the idea was floated at training camp that Matthews might kill some more penalties. And he basically said to reporters like, yeah, I don't know how interested in that I am. (laughs) So you're sort of like, all right. Why? I, I don't know. No, I know you don't know, and I, and, and we can't ask him because he's no longer. There's no glory in the PK, right? <laughs> You're taking shit off the off the ankles and right. off the whatever. It, yeah, yeah. It's rough. Um, I think you know you've now seen work done on his wrists, and Keith. I think, and maybe I'm being overly harsh on him. I think there's some galaxy brain thought that like at the end of the penalty kill, we come back with Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander while all their top guys who just were on the PP are sitting down, right? And he loves to come back with, because Marner's just killed, so he's sitting. Yeah. And you come back with this big group, and it's never really led to any sort of like, holy shit, the Leafs are killer the first shift after a penalty kill or whatever. So I do think they'll look at it here, but I don't think this is going to become a big thing where he's like, Marner camp probably becomes your, your top PK pair here. Yeah. It's almost out of necessity because Kerfoot has moved on. O'Reilly has moved on, right? Like you, you've dropped some PK guys. Domi ain't going to do it. Bertuzzi's not going to do it. Robertson's not going to do it. Maybe Yarncroke does some. So I, I sort of look at Matthews on the PK as like there's 15 seconds left in the penalty kill on the defensive zone. He comes out for the draw where he's very good. Maybe you can get it up and out. I don't expect him to be suddenly... See the thing, a top pair and PK the, guy. The thing is, so yeah, my concern was he's a bit of a jam tart, <laughs> but but clearly he's fourth in in, in the in yeah. the in, and so it's it's not a it's not an issue. It's no, clear, and it, he's more he, he's higher in hits than most people think he is every year. He's he, the, but those are the kind of rubbing against the fine, boards. Fine, and that's fair, man. But I, I just. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't shy away the way a lot of people like to suggest that he does. Right, right? and this I, I I didn't bring this up as a, as a no. as, as a Matthews pylon. I brought it up because he was saying, yeah, you know what? I I, I have good instincts. Mm-hmm. I have good stick, right? And that's what he said. I have good stick. I have good stick. Yeah, Drago. <laughs> but it, it's it's the idea, and and he referenced when you play against, and and he can speak specifically to the Marchand Bergeron yeah. duo. He said, is, is you have to be aware when those guys are on the ice. Mm -hmm. And he said, and quite often they force you to play in areas that you don't want to play in. Right. And you have to respect that. And, and I think if you want to, if you rolled out a, and I, I, I understand, I respect your, maybe they're not a first PK unit, but if you could put out a, a Marner Matthews up top. Yeah. The, the, the breaking, anything through the middle of the ice 
That's danger. Sure. That's danger. If you look at how fat Connor Brown <laughs> gets on that same thing, right, in terms of the chances that he can generate as a smart player. Yep. You put somebody with... We Ma- keep seeing it. Marner is right there on the point, man, and he keeps tipping it away, but it yeah. ends up being David Camp on the on the breakaway, and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Right? See the, so they, maybe if it is Matthews out there, maybe it matters, right? But there's also some minutes control that they're worried about. They're already playing Matthews 21, 22 a night, all power play, right? double shifting him here and there. What does the PK add to it over the course of a season? I, it's worth a look, but I think you're going to see that Matthews-Marner pair like in the last 20 seconds see, there's of two, the PK. There's twofold to, for me, the argument is, yeah, it, it, it likely he has to take a step back from, from winning the rocket maybe. Yeah. If you're putting a little more emphasis on the PK, mm-hmm. it takes away a bit of that. But there is, how many more things in a game are deflating than when your, your team's power play sucks or you give up a short, yep. or you give up a couple of A-grade opportunities against... It's deflating. And so if Matthews, who who really at this point now, you've won an MVP, you've won a couple Rockets, you've done yep. all these things, you got to win. Nothing less individually to prove. And, and so I've got my big fat contract. I'm good to go. Like to me, he's a guy who's all about, if I can lock this down. And, and so to me, the, it's a two, it's, it's, well, it's a double-edged sword for the benefits are, are, are multiple for him to be there. And yeah. I think you'd be insane to not give this a try it's at worth this, a look at sure. this moment. Especially if you're going to be using Tavares and Nylander at centers also, because those guys can come out afterwards and neither one of them are going to kill, right? Like you need another guy who can take draws on the PK yeah. and, and that you trust in his own end, which you already do with Matthews. So it, it, it's just going to be about minutes, right? How many do you want to stack on? And, and as you say, maybe, maybe you don't get another 60 goal season. Maybe you go 49. But hey, win another round in the playoffs. Wouldn't that be well? Wouldn't that if, be novel? Yeah. And if you just if you said to him, um, yeah, what's going to take a hit is going to be your five on five minutes. Yep. Right. You're Best not, five on five scorer since he's come into the league, though. Like, okay, but you're not going to take away his power play minutes. No. Right. And if you can, with all the benefits we just discussed, or at least I brought to the table, <laughs> the, all my brilliant points <laughs> and the whatever. Sh- <laughs> drivel you've been <laughs> spilling out. I was talking to AM myself, man. Like, let's be honest. Um, yeah, it was an article on the score. Yeah. Um, um, somebody McCarthy from NHL.com. Sure. Can't think of David. Sure. Um, but it, it is just this idea that it's about winning now and you're going to get your five on five points anyways. You've just said it, but, you know, in terms of where he's at. If it takes a step back, and they showed last year already with the improved defensive game as a team, mm-hmm. this to me is is if we can if we can u- utilize him in a way that is deflating on multiple levels, yeah, not just to the fan base, <laughs> theirs or ours. <laughs> That's exactly. It's, I'm gonna leave that in. Yeah, all right. Well, we go from fan bases feeling deflated by a big penalty kill to maybe your team captain feeling deflated by the way he's being treated by his team. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Camp opened this week. And on day one, Steve Stamkos was asked, is it Steve? You think we're close enough or has it got to be Steven? He's Stevie. I think. Steve, Stevie Stamkos. I remember in James Duthie's book, he pointed out that uh, Stamkos' mother insists it's Steven Stamkos. Don't call him Steve. So. I don't get that. I don't get that. People who name their kids 
Charles, but don't want their kid to be Charlie or Chuck. I remember my mom telling me I was Matthew. We did not really care for Matt, and now it's it's Matt. <laughs> so so Matt, as a young kid in the sandbox, is so Matt, pass me that Tonka truck. Uh, sorry, I would never pass that. Sorry, <laughs> it's Matthew. Matthew, eat dirt, Matt. <laughs> That, that was said a time or two, no doubt. Face in the sand, <laughs> yeah. eat it. I remember one of my buddies calling me, maybe when I'm 13, 14, and uh, we had, stay with me kids, one phone up near the kitchen, not everyone with their own cell phones around the house and portables and whatever. Someone called and asked for Matt and uh, his impression has never escaped me that my dad answered the phone and walked to the top of the stairs and yelled for me. Matthew! <laughs> Phones for you. <laughs> so, Which doesn't sound like my dad, but that's the way this guy painted the picture. So. See, I had a, I had a good buddy. Good buddy. <laughs> it does not sound like your dad. No, it doesn't. Um, I had a buddy, buddy John, who his dad was Jack. Okay. But I guess Jack was John. That's and weird. So I, um, well, a lot of Johns do that. A lot of Johns go to Jack. Um, but phoning him up in high school and, and his dad answering, I'm like, you know, could I speak to John? He's speaking. Like, he's like, you got him. And I'm like, ah, uh, could I speak to the young John? Little John Jr. And he's like, are you saying I'm old? And I'm just, like, just put your son on the phone. What are we doing here? Fuck. Like, can you just pass You're testing out your material for open mic. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So it's just one of those things where people are... So Stephen Stamkos arrives to day one of Tampa Bay Lightning Camp, and uh, the first question on uh, the minds of everybody is, and he talks on the contract. He's going into the last year of his deal. He's the captain of the team. And uh, this was Stamkos's response. Yeah. No, to, to be honest, um, I've been disappointed in, in the lack of, of talk in that regard. So... It was something that I expressed at the end of last year that I wanted to get something done before training camp started. Um, there haven't been any conversations, so. Are you willing to talk during the season or wait till after the season? I've, I'm ready whenever, so um, I guess that was something that uh, that I didn't see, see coming, but um, it is what it is. It is what it is. And Stamkos, one of those guys who rarely... Rarely makes any sort of waves, right? He's, he's the good guy, goes along for the Seems ride. pouty. It did come off a little pouty. I, I would have said more irritated. This is a guy who showed up to day one of camp and made a point of saying to the media, I told them I would like to have this done before camp. Sorry to disappoint you. And he does seem disappointed. He, he said, does. He, he said, I'm pretty Do you have a contract for this year? So he does have a contract for, and this is what I wanted to bring up with you because Julian Brisebois, well regarded as one of the best general managers in the league. He's done a great job keeping Tampa competitive, got a couple of, couple of rings out of it. Uh, hard to critique what he's done, but we've also seen some teams and maybe the most recent Stanley Cup winner as the best example become pretty ruthless in terms of it's a cap league we're trying to win. Sorry, Riley Smith. I know you are celebrating having won the cup last night. We're trading you to Pittsburgh. It's sort of what happened in Vegas. So 
I'm sort of on the side of the Tampa Bay Lightning that we're not sure yet what you, Steven Stamkos, are yep. going to give us this year as we start your 34-year-old season. I do, however, think as your captain, you call that guy. You don't have to negotiate, but you call him and say, like he said, we didn't hear anything. We haven't spoken at all. You call your captain and say, here's sort of what we're thinking. Here's why we're not prepared to negotiate right now. I think Stamkos has earned that. Okay, so all of a sudden, the the gold standard for NHL franchises over the past 10 years have become shit heels. Yeah. Bad Ah, people. Big winners. Yeah. Don't believe it. Not for a second. And so... To me, I, I think... You don't think Tampa and Vegas deserve to be considered amongst the cream of the crop? No, I totally see that. Okay. I'm saying I don't think they've become fucking bad operators just over this summer, right? That all of a sudden... I think there might be great franchise operators, but maybe not great friends. Yeah. <laughs> great people. So Steven Stamkos <laughs> is a guy who who went right up to the final minute. Right, mm-hmm. Eiserman and 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 the the Lightning. Yeah, his last contract when he was coming yep. to Toronto. Stayed, then. stayed, waited, didn't mm-hmm. trade him, didn't trade him. Showed all the faith in the world in him, but also told him this is your number. Yeah, in a tax free state, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's lots of fucking sale mm-hmm. days for that guy because I just think it's you got a year, you got another year. Like let's just simmer down and play your way out. If uh, you know, to me this is. I may blow my knee out again and I could use another contract. Has been hurt a lot. So if that's what it is, then that's what it is. But I, I don't I don't see a huge deal here. I think it's a lot about You nothing. don't see a huge deal here in that they haven't yet extended him or that their captain's pretty clearly pissed. Um I don't think it's a big deal that they haven't extended him. And I think for a guy who is a fifteen year pro, whatever he is. Yep. Seems small time, man, for him to for him to get bent like this. Now, I'm surprised that you and I are on a, a so different a, a track on this. I, I'm with you. This is a guy that, that Julian Brisebois at looking at a 34 year old guy who's been hurt a lot and saying, "Yeah, I'm not. We like you, but I'm not prepared to lock into this long term." Now he is coming off over the last two years 190 points. Like he's had two of the best years of his career, yep. but he is at that age that you Fresh don't. Fresh off of you and I saying he wouldn't be on our own. hundred percent. So. Us and Julian Breesbaugh. Yeah, exactly. No faith at all in, uh, in Steven Stamkos. Stamkos has earned a bit of, uh, a bit of respect, but I'm with Breesbaugh that I'm not giving you five years at 8 million at this point or whatever. But I do think when it's your captain, when it's a guy who's been part of the organization for this long, who's been the soldier, you don't just fuck off over the summer and not speak to him. You at least say to him, I understand you wanted this done by camp. It's not going to happen. We need to see what you're going to do this season. We need to see where all this goes. He has watched over the last couple of years, everybody, Hedman, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, um... Braden Point. Point, Sorelli, and even fucking, what's his name there? The guy from Chicago, Brandon, Brandon Hagel. Hagel, get long-term deals over the last couple of years. And now me, your captain, the guy who's been here the longest, you won't even talk to me? I don't think that's okay. I, I don't believe that they didn't talk to him. He I, said I, it. Yeah. I think what he's saying is that they haven't 
engaged in fruitful negotiations. I don't think that's what he said. I, yeah, but I, to me, it's it's. So, what do you think has happened? That Breezebois said, "Fuck that guy." No, put I my think, phone on. I mute think Breezebois has quite rightly said, "I don't want to negotiate until I see how this year goes for you." Yeah, but I do think you owe that guy a call that says that's where I'm at. That's what we're doing. So you think it's been? It's been? Do you think Stamkos crickets all summer? Yes, I do. Because otherwise, I don't think your captain shows up on day one of camp and his answer to question one is, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed now. Why is that question one? Because he's your captain and he's unsigned. In a year. Don't do this, man. You know big guys get their deals locked up more than a year in advance. We're going to be talking about William Nylander all fucking year because he's not locked up long term. that's because he's in the middle of the circus. Stutzla just did it. Brady, no, Brady actually went right to the fucking limit, but that's an RFA. In the like, end of the season. Like all these guys get locked up long-term a year. If you respect them, if you're, if it must have, you lock it up a year in advance. I don't think Breezebois is wrong for not locking him up a year in advance. I think he's wrong for, and clearly Stamkos feels that way. If he's showing up on day one and talking to the media about it, he's pissed. Yeah. This is a guy who, in his time, who's been there forever, has been the face of the franchise for a large portion of it. Came in under Barry Melrose. Remember they tried that? That didn't go very well. Still rocking the mullet. In 2008, what are you doing, man? And the sweater, <laughs> no jacket, sweater over the shirt and tie. Remember when we talked about whether Love DJ that. might be fired three weeks into the season? I think Barry Melrose was fired three weeks into that season. Well, see, he's that's the Babcock <laughs> signing where you're like, you never should have done that. That was a bad idea. It's true. And I had instant regret. <laughs> and so now I need a reason and bam, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to me, I just think, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I do. But this is a franchise that is up against the cap. Mm-hmm. That is tight. And, I, and I every got to be ruthless. And every dollar matters. And next year you'll see where it goes. You'll see where he is. And if he's still 190 point over a two season guy, like that's a, that's a pretty sweet 95 point average. Mm-hmm. Just show me what you got. And, and we'll take care of you. You know that's going to happen. Let's just say, for argument's sake, yeah. he puts up roughly the same numbers this year. 40 goals, 90 points, something like that. Yeah. Unrestricted free agency. Tampa's not willing to, to do it. He's interested in talking to Ottawa. Three years, 8 million. 8 million per times three? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that's right. But what is that in Tampa? 5.5? With six the taxes, six, six, yeah. That's the that's the Claude Giroux deal. Three times 6.5. In yeah, Tampa. Yeah, in Tampa. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the tax differences yep. and everything. I, 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 I think that's about right. And that would make me squeamish three years for a 35-year-old guy who shattered his leg before. Yeah, and, like and Multiple times. Yeah. But I, I think he would have, if Tampa had called and said, we'll go three times five... I bet he thinks about it. Well, I, I bet you he thinks about it too because he's like, yeah, this is, I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah. I don't see him doing the Corey Perry or, Rat the, face or, or Aginla, whatever, right? The guys who just, who just take it on the road. And Jerome go, Aginla of the LA Kings. Remember that? Fucking. Of the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Like, what, Colorado what the Avalanche. Hell LA Kings? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> And so it, it I, like that's not happening. So clearly he doesn't need money. And they sat it's with you. They sat with you till the final seconds, and you decided to come back. Well, he got. He went and did 
the the visits. Of course. Yeah. Talk to the Canadian Tire people. Talk to the Tim Hortons people. Yeah. The mayor of Toronto said he hated the whole thing. Their presentation stunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, it's, it's, it's just sit down and wait, man. Like, well, it looks small time. Uh, to me, it I'm looks- getting that, that that's how you feel about it. Obviously I feel different. That's, that's fine. I, I just, I think you owe your captain a little more than that. A long, long-term guy, long-standing guy. Not that you have to sign him right now just because he says so. But if he showed up on day one of camp, this is obviously stuck in his craw. Well, uh, and, and clearly he's, he's talked to the reporter and said, Hey, first question. Yeah. Make sure you ask me. Ask this. Yeah. Cause if cause, I'll give you your story. Yeah, Cause I'll, I'll shoot you a quote. I'll Page shoot you four a of the St. Pete Times sports section. Yeah, right behind the mayor <laughs> complaining about the new Tampa stadium. Yeah. Um, moving around camps here a little more as they opened up another captain. This one new the Boston Bruins have Brad Marchand as their new captain was going to be a tough act to follow after Chara and Bergeron. I sort of thought this might go to McAvoy. Yep. Um, as a guy who is locked up long-term, a little younger. I don't think Marchand's crazy, but this is obviously a shorter term. Tra- like, obviously this was one of those things where you just offer to him, see if he wants it and, and whatever. But it is funny to think of all the things, speaking of rat-faced players, Brad Marchand has settled down over the last couple of years air quotes but this is still the guy who has to now go it's to me i get it why the bruins players would be totally fine with brad marchand as their captain right this is a guy in our locker room has been here a long time has won before had done all the right things learned under bergeron i want to send that guy to talk to a referee that he's been chirping at for 13 years or yeah it's an interesting choice well and and i think this is one of those things where he's a holdover from 2011 yep um so he has that and he has the cachet of being... He's not the one speedbagging Henrik Sedin's face or yeah, whatever. Yeah, trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got the glove on, yeah. doing all those things. Um, so you have that winning legacy, right? That he is, he he's a holdover from that period. Um, has cachet in the locker room. And and, and he's a top line player, right? Like it's not like yes. you're just sort of giving it to your Randy Cunnyworth. <laughs> uh, love you, Captain oh, Randy. Deep cuts. Giddy up, giddy up, Randy. Um <laughs> But this is one of those things where I think it's equal parts what it does in the, in the change room and what it does to the fans, right? Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen with this transition period. And it says to the fans, stability, right? As much as the locker room, right? I think in that Boston market, he is he is a, a face, right? He and Bergeron almost have the same nose, right? You can almost <laughs> transfer that. It's like they were punched in the same exactly, fight by the same guy. Exactly. <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> So I, I think it's, it's a, it's as much about the market as it is about the, as about the locker room, I think. How do you think this Bruins team, like, how do you look at them this year? I, I, I you know, I've said for several years, they're, they're re- trash. They're ready for a fall off. <laughs> if they lost 40 points from last year's total, they would still be a playoff team. You know what though? I, I what they have 135 points yeah. last year. I, you keep hearing that, right? Is this team going to come back 45 points? If you dropped, if this team, if you brought back the exact same roster as last year. They were going to drop 30 anyway. They were going to drop 25 points easy. Yep. Like without the same roster. They were so, full value for what they did last yep. year, but a lot of things also went well, right? Like you don't get to 135 points without a little bit of luck Breaks, on your side. Yeah. yeah. So so to me, that's an anomaly of a season. Sure. When you talk about an NHL record season from, like you look at the increase from the year before. Yeah. It's a 35 point increase. Yep. Like, so 
Did you see that coming? No. You know I did not. So could this team with the same roster drop back 25 points? Easy. Now you talk about the changes? No. That's what yeah. we're really talking no about. Bergeron, right? No Bergeron. Uh, no Krejci. No yeah, Hall. Those are the big ones, yeah. Yeah, like to me, they're still going to have the are same. Are they still going to run Charlie Coyle out there, number one center or whatever that's going to look like? What do you got? Pavel Saka, right? Like Curtis Fredericks or right. whatever, like whatever you got. Trent I, 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 Trent <laughs> yeah. Like what do you got, right? Yeah. Like to me, it's going to be, they better be lock it down airtight. That's what this team has to be because yep. the strength is goaltending and defense. And yet I won't bet against them. This will be the first year we'll talk next week when you're back in here about a little more kind of season prediction sort of stuff. This will be the first year that I believe I picked Toronto to win the division, but I don't necessarily know what's going to happen after that. I think Tampa's second, and then I don't know. Is is Florida the President Trophy winning team they were two years ago, or well, the Stanley Cup? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a little teaser. Yeah. Florida's not making the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Buffalo on the come, Ottawa on the come. I'm, Detroit on the come. I'm not sold on Detroit. But okay, but yeah, you, on the come. You anyway. are looking at, and, and people keep talking about the 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 eight 100 point teams from two seasons ago that made the playoffs. Yeah. Washington was the eighth seed at 100 points, and you're like, that's fucking gold. And you're like, that's because the bottom eight was They're just getting trampled, a dumpster fire. Yep. Right, especially the four in the Atlantic. That's it. This is all going to get compressed. Buffalo, Ottawa for sure on the come up. Toronto will finish with less than they had last year. Not I still think right. first, but less points than they had. Boston will finish with less. Like, this is going to get compressed We're going to bell curve this shit. Yeah, this is going to get pushed back into the middle a bit. So yeah. so to me, that is what it is with with, with Boston and Marchand, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Is, is yeah. That is what we were talking about. They're going to have a big <laughs> comeback, but they were, they were due for a reset anyways. Yes. Even yeah. with the same roster. So let's put all that shit to bed. Let's negotiate off a 110-point season and, and talk about that. Anything else out of camps that uh, that have opened up here? Obviously, there'll be tons of hockey coming up here over the next uh, the next couple of weeks, but uh, anything else that you saw over the first few days of NHL camps you want to move on to the Jays? There was just, just a couple of things here that I, was, that I was interested in. I was reading an article on, it was like 15 milestones that could be achieved this year, right? And it's it's, it's guys like uh, Kessel and, and Tavares, right? On, on the doorstep of a thousand points. Mm-hmm. Guys who are on the, you know, the cusp of a thousand games. Does Kessel have a job yet? No. No. Still unsigned, okay. right? Um, the Iron Man leader. Well, and he's saying, you see when he's out there saying, I'm okay to be... We'll play for food. Yeah. I'll, I'll play for hot dogs, yeah. steamed dogs out on Front <laughs> Street. Um, but it's it's... The thing that stuck with me was... Um, they talk about Ovechkin and Crosby, right? Forever together, mm-hmm. right? The two of them. And then it's obviously the Ovechkin 77 goals, I think, yeah. off the pace. And so, but the other, the thing that caught me was, was Crosby at 1,502 points career. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why that surprised me, but it kind of caught me. You thought me. higher or lower? I thought lower. I just thought lower. He it's been missed, a long time. He missed, right? I, but he missed almost two years. Yeah, yeah. And, but the fact that if he has, if he replicates last season, 88 points, whatever it was, something along those lines, that he could pass Phil Esposito and be inside the top 10 in NHL scoring this season, right? I'll be honest with you. I sort of already assumed he was in the top 10 in points. No, 14 or 15 okay. right now. Yeah, okay. Now, it's, it's, pretty crowded highway sure, yeah no 
above 1,500 points. Between 1,500 and that sort of 1,600, there's a pile of guys right. in that range. You get above 1,600, 1,700 points. Yeah, guys who average around 100 points for 10, 15 years. You're in that Gretzky, Howe, Messi, Yager range. So that was interesting. The thing was, in a throwaway, in an aside, they were saying two guys, two active players who could make 1,000 points, right? It was Kessel, who's six points away. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Tavares, I think, is 22 points. So if both guys have contracts, which Tavares obviously does, yeah. they're... Oh, he's got a contract. They were, <laughs> oh, you bet. <laughs> they're eclipsing that, right? Yeah. But they said, and in a dark horse to make a thousand points this mm. year, Connor McDavid... To make a thousand points this year. Eight, 850 points already. So if he gets... Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You look at it and go... Fuck. It wasn't even knowing the number yet. It was just like, that fucking guy's already pushing a thousand. And you're like, yeah, that fucking guy. And that's with shortened seasons over COVID and and a half year in 21. Wow. So would you, so the over under on him making, making a thousand points by the end of this season? 150 points are man. Well, he had a hundred. Last year, 35, 135 last year. No, 152 last year. Okay. I'm still going to say 153. I want to say, I'm still going to say he goes into next year, like six, seven points away. Okay. Like it's, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I am not, I am not, uh, like I expect him to dominate the league again, but 150 points right yeah, now is hard. Right. But and and his division getting better too. Right. Like, well, the top end is getting better. Yeah. He's well, the, even the shit, like the coyotes will be slightly better this year. Although Anaheim and San Jose will both be, just terrible again. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he does tear it. There is it. some shit still. There is some and, shit and, and, for and, sure. And you expand it out into the conference and you got your Chicago's and you're like, there's some crap. There's some crap there. The you top think, end is good. You think Connor Bedard scores 30 goals this year? Oh, I, I got a bet. I got a bet. Okay. For a six pack of beer with LSG yeah. saying, I put 33.5 as the over. I took the under. Yeah. He took the over. Okay. That's a tough number. Which means it's a good spot, yeah. obviously. I I think I would take. I'm gonna take the over. I okay. think I would take the over. All right, you want to put a six back on? It no, too? I don't, because I'm not near <laughs> that confident in it. But I do think even on that team, he's pressing up against 100 points. Like I. Oh, see, that's when you say pressing up, you're talking 95 not, points. Yeah, yeah. High Oof. 90s. Right in that neighborhood. I am notorious. For under, underselling, under, yeah, under, yeah. undervaluing these kinds of things, but that Connor McDavid was going to be Kyle Turris. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a good look. <laughs> I bring it up. I bring it up. That's 2015. That's early days of the podcast. I remember saying, though, that if the Leafs would be happy if Austin Matthews was just Anze Kopitar. And but Anze Kopitar is a Hall of Famer. Elite, man. though, for sure. But not ever a 60-goal scorer. He's not no, ever. He's still a, Kyle Turris, <laughs> but he's still pretty good. How could you be? No. Uh, you also wanted to touch briefly on uh, the, the top pair there that Pittsburgh's going to run out. Oh, thank you for that. I was just interested in in, in the article that said, you know, you had, uh, you had Sullivan come out and say, you know, well, the power play is important to both Eric and Chris and... We're going to decide to we run. We don't have enough top end forwards to worry about it, so. We're going to run them out together. Yeah. Like, and I know. Carlson we, and Latang. Yeah, yeah. Latang and Carlson. And it was this, it was this talk of when they were courting Carlson, you're like, 
how's that going to work, right? They play the same side. They yeah. play the same, that there's going to be ruffled feathers. But the idea is Carlson is a hundred points last season. No, yeah. nobody believes he's going to get a hundred points no. again. But would you, would you be surprised if you, if I told you that that power play, where do you think that power play last year, Pittsburgh's power play ranked? 17th. Fuck you and your price is right. You went over, man. 14. <laughs> okay. 14. But a middle of the room, but a yeah. solid middle of the pack with yeah. that talent. You're like. I don't remember how, who played how many games and, and whatever else. Rust. But, Brian Rust was out there, obviously. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> soaking it up. Yeah. I, when you look at that roster on a number one PP, uh, some teams like to split it up. Some teams like to load it up. If you're a loaded up team, who else would you put out? Like. Lots of teams are no longer using just uh, using two defensemen. Like they're they're gone with one. But when you look at the talent that Pittsburgh has and where they have it, that probably is my number one power play. Well, I'd have both Latang and Carlson, and then Gensel, Crosby, Malkin. Yeah, neither one of us are intimately familiar with the Penguins no, roster it, right now. But your options are like Jeff Carter or Lars Eller, Riley or Smith. Yeah, yeah, Riley Smith. Yeah, forgot. So, but unceremoniously yes, punted out of a Stanley Cup party, yeah. and so it comes down to when you're like, we're gonna put Carlson, Latang, Gensel, Malkin, Crosby, and you're like, fuck. Well, first of all, Gensel's out with a foot injury, yeah. knee injury, whatever it is, and you're like, lower body. So that's great. Yeah, it's below the nipples. <laughs> so it's great. You're gonna you're gonna start with a guy who's 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 injured, but who do you who, and, and you've touched it? They better play a minute forty five. Oh yeah. No, this is one of those ones you just leave out there. Like we're going to roll our first PK unit. Cause otherwise it really is. It's Jeff Carter, Lars Eller. Like what's his name there? Um, is Dumoulin still playing there? Dumoulin I was going to say, uh, the other Pedersen, not the Vancouver Pedersen, the one on D they have. Like it's not a good second unit. Trevor Daly, is he still there? No, oh, they just signed, what's his name? Uh, Graves from New Jersey. Oh, okay, play nice. on D. Like, he's a useful piece. I'm not sure you want him yeah, running no, a power you know, play. He, <laughs> he, he is not going to be the point man on no, that. No, no. But it, that, that to me was the interest. And, and I think you're starting out with, it sounds tense. Tense to me in terms of, yeah, we're going to put- The Latang Carlson Yeah, pairing. we're going to put both those guys out there at the same time. That's how we're going to do it. We don't want to ruffle in. So nobody's going to be like, hey, you're running the first PP. I see what you're saying. That it just sort of, it smacks of, hey, look what we're doing. Well, Latang's always been your guy. And why'd you bother trading for Carlson if you're not going to use him on that number one PP? Why do I keep doing that, man? The PP. I don't know, but I like it. Okay. uh, Can we we start something new here? On the PP. Yeah. I PP'd my pants. (laughs) Only fans. Yes. (laughs) Pay to pee. Um... No. No. I'm, I don't go in for that. That's really not my thing. But you, that's sort of what you got, right? Like, you don't want to turn your back on the, the guy that, that's helped you get this far, but there's... Yeah, who's won it, three cups and... But it's diminished stuff. returns on Carlson if you bring him in and have him centering or running that second power play, so... We're going to put you on the PK like Austin Matthews. Yeah. Hit him with the four like Austin Matthews. Hit him with the four. I'd do it, man. Do it. Is it just me or do we need another beer before the baseball talk? Where are you at there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. All right. One of the uh, rarefied three beer shows. So we'll give the nod to uh, to our friend over at the Need a Beer Company. And maybe time 
pump the brakes just a little. Just a little. Oh, listen to that. So we'll go with the Nita Light. And uh, so shout out to our friend Andy Nita over there. Hope you guys had a a great time at the uh, Oktoberfest on Saturday. Um, what? It's September. Yeah, I know. What is that? I, that I, I that doesn't make any sense. But they all do it, man. I, well, I, I, I know in Munich it starts in September as well. Yeah. So... Uh, if you had a chance to check out Andy and his later hosen, uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, oh, Scheisen se- hosen! He's a sexy, sexy man. So. Shirtless, shirtless, because <laughs> the good, the good leather leader hosen with the straps. Well, once you get like tucking yourself in there, you got to be shirtless. Like stuff's got to go somewhere. Right? Like, it gets I, pushed up and out. <laughs> and you know what? The idea of leather pants or shorts. Mm-hmm. Niet. No. Or nine. Sorry, nine in German. Nine. Yeah, we're not going. I'm not doing any of that. That's heavy swass. Uh, the okay. Speaking of heavy swass, yeah, I got nowhere to go off that man. There's a, there's no takeoff from there. Uh, the Blue Jays though have just defeated the Tampa Bay Rays, take Woo! two out of three, and easily could have taken three of three. Should have been a sweep, baby. Sort of, yeah. Came all the way back on Saturday, and then. Pissed it away again. So uh, there's poop in the bed. But they're honestly in fantastic shape at this point, right? They they they're halfway to that six and three with in whoa, the last nine games, halfway right? Halfway there. Yeah, I think if they whoa. win three more games, it is yeah, impossible. It is given the way that Texas and Seattle have to play each other again next weekend. Uh, if they can win three more games out of their last six, they are guaranteed to be in. Winning less than that doesn't guarantee you are out, but it just means you control your own destiny yeah. here at this point. So, look, it's been a couple weeks since you and I have talked about the Jays. Um, I'm like, angry. Like I said on uh, on Thursday, Dan Schulman will be here. He'll give us his opinion, so make sure you're subscribed if you value his more than Rob and I's for some reason. I would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so stick around for that as well. But like I said, man, you haven't been here in a couple of weeks. What have you seen? What have you liked? What do you hate? Uh, There's not a lot of like, despite the... Like, they're in control, man. They're, I know, but... I'm with you. Hey, hey. This, this is a hateable team that's Dude, probably going to make the playoffs. How many games in, in the two weeks I've been gone, there Since has to there has to be four games where the opposition has thankfully walked the bases full. Or, Just this week. So like twice this week or three times this was week. It Friday against Tampa on Friday. Yeah, and then against walk the- infield single hit by pitch walk. You're just like thank you, <laughs> take that. Well, happened against the Yankees last week. Happened again on Saturday to get back in the game. And, and, you and, fucked that one up. But and, and you, and it's the, the amount of that. I can't hit. How many times can you ask the other team to walk the bit like the closer? The closer comes in. Pete Fairbanks just giving it up on Saturday. Giving it up. Giving it up. Yeah. Like, it's... it's. This is the whole show at this point, eh? It's just one of us dropping a reference to the other starting to sing dumb shit. Yeah. Stick around. It's old school. It's a, it's a three-beer show. That's yeah. how it works. Um, th- there's nothing about these guys, despite being in control of their own, yes. their own destiny, there's nothing about these guys that generates any confidence. Zero. Well, the the pitching okay. generates, but if you're down by one going yeah. into like Genesis Cabrera coming in, you're feeling no full of confidence. No, but Chad, guy, Chad Green's been back. He's been killing it since he returned. Hicks, Hicks and Green. That's Hicks and Green. I'd see that band. Hicks and Green. Hicks. Uh, 
was a little rough when he first got here. He's been largely fine ever since. No, that's like what I'm the, saying. Yeah. To me, that guy is now. Romano blew a save. That's going to stick in everybody's craw, but. Yeah, it sticks in. Like, so he's still got, one of the best closers. He's got know. five L's to his name. Yeah. And, and to me, there's, when he came in on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Saturday night. Mitsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Is that right? He was Mitsu? back on that dance mix. Yeah, of course, of course, man. <laughs> Oh, that's boom, boom, boom. I want you in my room. Maybe that's Mitsu. I don't know, man. Um, we're off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When when he comes in. It'll be better with Dan Shulman. And <laughs> yeah, Maybe. I bet you Dan Shulman can do a killer Venga voice. <laughs> um, so he comes in, he gives up the, the, the double to Diaz. Yeah. And Romano's looking at his finger. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. And, and, and they're talking about a hot spot. They're talking about a rip nail, which as a pitcher, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? We make fun of baseball players with their hang nails. I'm on the 10 day DL. Yeah, like my only job is to throw this ball yeah. and it's tearing up my hands. Exactly. So. so that is a big deal. Yeah. But when he gives up the following single, yeah. and he's still looking at it, single. And I'm saying, Maze is up. Yeah. You've already seen him with the Diaz double. He's up and he's throwing with intent, right? Yep. I, as armchair fuckhead, Blue Jay fan, is saying, where's the cane? We need Mesa in now. Like, don't wait. And it just went worse to worse to worse. Like, it's, and, and I've, I've heard. Well, he said afterwards, he's our closer. Yep. If he says he's good to go, he's going to go. Yeah, and I get you. That gives you the pitcher after the Diaz. Yeah. That gives you one more. Right. You give up that next single and you're still looking at your finger. Yeah. Guess what, man? You're not good. If you are good, stop looking at your finger. So Stop sniffing it. Yes. <laughs> What's that smell like to you? <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> so, it smells like a hot spot. Yes, it smells like a hot spot. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it comes down to, we've heard all along this idea that with analytics, that why would you let your middle management guy... In this case, your manager, John Snyder, why would you let him make the decisions? It's made at a higher level, right? Mm-hmm. That these kinds of decisions are coming down and that your manager is more about managing people, right? That that is the, the deal. That these sorts of decisions of when to pull guys. Yeah, he's HR. So then if that's the case, who is making that decision and that person needs to be fired? That's my take. So you've showed up today. After taking two out of three from New York, two out of three from Tampa, looking in good shape to make, you're looking, you're here today to fire somebody. Okay. Well, first of all, the need a late beer. Yeah. The beauty of it, and I, and I know Andy's a good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. It does not taste like a late beer. This is the thing. That is, it's got a little bit of that, that it's a, light It's taste. a little thicker. It's a kiss, but it, it, it does have that more beer flavor. A little flavor. body to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, cheers, Andy. Yeah. Um... But no, I, I am looking to fire people only in the fact that in eight or nine days. Do you fully anticipate this being a long run in the playoffs? No. Do you fully anticipate that this team is gonna is gonna uh, play, to play anybody other than Minnesota and have well, any luck? Minnesota's apparently just about ready based on how shit Houston's played to overtake that Western and you may get stuck playing somebody actually good. Look, the but way are, playoff are they good if they've been overtaken by Minnesota? Well, fair enough. But the 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 way playoff baseball works, I I give a little bit of deference to the idea that when you get in, it is all about your pitching. And the Jays can hang there. But you need to 
be able to score some runs. And I think it was the last time you were in here, we talked about Alex Anthopoulos being on uh, on TSN radio in Toronto and talking about the home run is important. You're probably not going to string together a walk, three singles, right? Like have the big inning playing small ball, which was never what this team was designed to do. You have to have some power. And that's where these guys come up short. Like their pitching is going to hang with anybody left. Yep. But but can they hit enough? And I... Well, they still have a top it, three rotation. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. a, and that's a five-man. Right. And You're so cutting that bad boy down to 100%. Three. Ryu's not even making your playoff roster. Um, and Kikuchi didn't have a great start today. Bounced back. Hung in for a few more innings. And, and so we'll see what all that's going to look like. And in a best two out of three against Minnesota or Houston or whoever, like we saw what can happen. You might win that. But is this team, in my opinion, ready with an offense that could take a run all the way to the World Series? No, but we've been on this show every weekend talking about how much it sucks to watch this team, and here they are just about ready to close in and and get it done. So I don't know. This has been baffling. This has been... How paper thin is this this lineup hitting-wise? Hunter, yeah. It's, it's... Well, you're still running Davis Schneider out there going into Saturday. He was over his last 30. Like, maybe the magic's over, man. Let it go. That's Buck Martinez range. What? <laughs> Over 30. No matter how much fun that guy was in the in late August, it's probably time. Probably time to cut him loose. Well, and it's when you listen to, um, it doesn't matter if it's radio or the or the TV, the Sportsnet guys, talk about how great he turns double play. Yeah, well. How great he is at the pivot there. That's fucking awesome. Awesome. You know who's been great at doing all of that shit? Kevin Biggio. All over the fucking field, man. First base, great. Right field, great. Hit in the fourth base, spot. Great. Yeah, that's no, not great. But I know. Not based on his performance. But Well, if you look at his, since the All-Star break, his, yeah. his on base. Yeah. Very good. Um, I, no. I just, I don't know what's left to say about this Blue Jays season, man. We got one week left in it. They. I want somebody fired. That's in all what I got to say. <laughs> exactly. On the eve of the playoffs. Fuck you. Get out of here. I, I just. We've said it all. This is a frustrating group to watch, and yet here they are with their destiny firmly in their own hands. Well, they did say you said it last time I was on, or I think well, I think it was eight and four in the last twelve. Eight yeah. and four, nobody could catch. Yeah, and then it came down to the last nine, and it was six and three, nobody can catch. And they've now gone. Well, they've four won four and, and two, two this week. Yeah. Four and two, so it is. They keep getting it done. No, I'm sorry, they've gone two and one in the last nine. That's what I was thinking. They have a six and three. So they've gone, it's it's really just the two and one over Tampa. So they have six games to go. Well, they took two out of three from New York and two out of three I from. I know, but that was in the 12 Tampa. game frame. Ah, so okay. well, whatever. that's just. They, they're, this is completely up to them now. And New York has all but given up. I'm almost cheering against them. And I, and I watch them every day. And I, <laughs> there is and, something And, and I want them to like, win so badly. But I'm just like, ah, come on, man. You're yeah. like, you're killing me. Yeah. It's, it's. It's almost like I hate my team. Let me get you a nice yeah. maple leaf zero white jersey. But it, but that is that is the way this team. And I, I'm listening to, I'm watching the game on Saturday night. And and again, the box on Sportsnet, the pitching, you know, the strike zone is what it is, right? It's not perfect, but I'm watching that ball hit the bottom of the box. And you got Schneider or Walker yelling out of the fucking dugout. That's low. That's low. And you're like, 
I, I think I was enjoying Aaron Boone getting thrown at every game. Yeah, I think he's leading the league uh, in, in games of Jack. Great right? video that was posted to him walking out while they're playing us and pointing at Kirk, going, "That guy's having a great fucking night." <laughs> yeah, well, the way he frames the pitch, yeah, clearly that's awesome. Well, that's um, but the Boone, I think, did that on that night as much for both teams as for his own team. Yeah, he's like, "You're fucking brutal." Oh, big blue. You saw, oh, I wait, sort of wonder if Aaron called, Boone has standing reservations manure. at 9 p.m. Horse manure is what he said to the ump. Yeah. Like, Could you not say that's horse shit? Could you not say, hey, that's, that's horse. That's how you get thrown out. That's horse manure, my friend. Horse manure. I just assume Aaron Boone has like standing reservations at 9 p.m. at a local bar. <laughs> like, I got to get out of here early. It's Bobby Flays. I'm down to Bobby Flays tonight, man. We're going to. Yeah. Redheaded fire crotch. Okay. A little, a little entourage <laughs> reference. Come on, Ari Gold. I, I, I got it. Okay, got all right. It. Just for those of you who just think that, you know. Why don't we uh, go ahead and make sure this doesn't turn into a four-beer show and uh, and wrap this up. Uh, oh. Oh. That's, that's too bad. Unless you had anything else on your mind there that you wanted to get out to the good listener. Nope. Nope. I think uh, I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. Although, you know what? Mm. It's the fall. I yeah. was out uh, picking apples Friday night. You said you were at Rid Rock on Friday. Uh, both. I did both. Nothing better than a good apple picking and then well, off it's, the Well, you know what? It's Honeycrisp. Okay. It's Honeycrisp season. And for those of you who are out there eating anything other, take your Red and Delicious or your Gala or your Pink Lady. It's about to lay out. Beat it! The Honeycrisp. Lay down the hate on apple eater. Yeah. Macintosh. Although, do love a good Scottish apple. Forget it. Beat it. It's honey crisp season. So yeah, I was out to a local orchard picking. Yeah. It was awesome. But get yourself some honey crisp. And they and they And then make yourself some apple crisp. Uh, apple pie, but honestly, these are this is the this is the Rolls-Royce of apples. <laughs> It's time to go. All right. It shows over. <laughs> We're not going to break down apple. <laughs> yeah, we are. Apples, man. Anyways, do it. This show's over. How do you like them apples? <laughs> How about those apples? Uh, we're out of here. Maddie Connors Vita on Tuesday morning. We got other and, stuff. And, and it's actually Kaunas Vita. Okay. Like sauna. Okay. Well, we'll play that for him too. But yep. you and him debate the pronunciation of his name. Kaunas Vita. We're riding the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> this show is so over. Good to have you back. Yeah, you, did you miss me? Oh, How do you like the map? <laughs> Rob, my name's Matt. We gone. See ya. See ya. The car